Do you want to come cook with us? Vamos! Let's get cooking! Your preschooler can swing into action with Dora and Boots for a musical adventure in her brand new podcast. Recipe for Adventure! It's Dora's recipe for adventure, and she's cooking up special treats with all her friends and family. We've got everyone's favorite dishes. Empanada! Paleta! We're cooking up a family adventure, and Dora has the perfect recipe. Listen to Dora's recipe for adventure wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi! Snuggle up. Bedtime's about to be a dream. It's good night, bedtime stories. A perfect way to end the day. Good night. Introducing Nickelodeon's Good Night Bedtime Stories. It's the only podcast where the best part <gasps> is missing the ending. It's bedtime the Nickelodeon way. Listen to Nickelodeon's Good Night Bedtime Stories wherever you get your podcasts. These boots never leave my sight. These are the most expensive and prized possessions I own. Wow, really? Why is that? They look just like any old ordinary boots. Ordinary boots? These are the only official Fry Cook boots. Only the finest Fry Cooks in the world are permitted to wear them. Part of a tradition. And these boots were given to me by the most famous Fry Cook in the sea. Who's that? Uh, uh... Oh, well, his name's not important, but he was famous, all right. Don't you worry. Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. Hey, what's up, SpongeBob heads? We are talking about some amazing episodes today. We are talking about Sandy's Rocket and Squeaky Boots. Yep. And we have an incredibly special guest joining us today to discuss these episodes. She is a storyboard artist and character designer across the SpongeBob shows working on them today. And she grew up with all of the shows just like we did. We are talking with April Pinky Davis, on the pod, she's got an awesome origin story. I literally haven't been thinking about anything you said except for whether SpongeBob heads is correct and whether we should be <laughs> sponges or like are we SpongeBob's or are we? I don't know, guys. You need to weigh in. Like, send us in your comments. Like, what are you guys listening yeah. to this podcast called right now? <laughs> the fandoms should usually name themselves, so I invite you yes. to name yourself. But yes, I'm sure that Hector said everything correct, and I'm really excited to get into these two episodes <laughs> and of course to talk to pinky let's do it pinky today we're going to be talking about some pinnacle the penultimate episodes and uh before we do that i would love to learn a little bit more about yourself and your job on spongebob today and have our listeners maybe learn a little bit about what it is that you do Okay, well, I am a storyboard artist on SpongeBob, so I'm the person who gets to tie down uh, poses, add gags, clean things up, maybe even change or add a scene here and there, because what the storyboard director does, they're basically planning out uh, shot for shot what it looks like from script to episode, and then from mm -hmm. there, I'm making it what it looks like from their two final animation, because the animators are going over our drawings and making them move. That's amazing. Expertly said. So uh, it's almost like the black ink in, in a comic book. Is that true? Like you kind of like are like the black ink. Yeah. Like yeah. I would book? say that because they 
I'm solidifying things. I'm tying things down. I'm adding my own stuff. I do have my own creative freedom there, but I'm not interpreting mm-hmm. it directly from script. I, uh, I'm taking it from someone else's visual implications. The juvenile description, too, is I, I draw the pr- pretty pictures that someone makes move later. i'll I'll take it i think some of our listeners would also take it too Uh, i I do it all the time i i explain it from everywhere from everyone's like boomer cousins to um children (laughs) so we we have everything but the way all of this works is it is such a team effort that we are like a factory line for lack of better words because that sounds a little bit more grueling than it is but uh, everything you see there's probably about like four or five people that touched it. Like you look at one frame of SpongeBob and I could say, yeah, I drew that. Like I, I have the sketch from my storyboard that I drew that, but mm-hmm. I can't just say I solely drew that. Cause there's someone else who uh, did like a cleanup character design maybe. And mm-hmm. someone else mm-hmm. who uh, color designed and colored it and background and timed it. And uh, obviously Tom Kenny voiced it. So you have yeah. so much <laughs> layers of things that you could have wow. maybe like four people look at that same exact frame of SpongeBob and say, I drew that and they aren't wrong. Wow. That's amazing. Cause we, we have talked about like, you know, kind of like the assembly line that it takes yeah. to get each one of these episodes, like, you know, 10, 11 months from conception to out the door to back to being able to be aired. Um, and it's just lovely to hear you kind of expand upon it even more mm-hmm. because again, like we're all, we're all learning together here on this, on this uh, sp- podcast. Are, are you planning to be on SpongeBob for at, as long as possible, or now that you've hit that sort of top of the mountain, are you looking around? You're like, oh, now I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. First of all, I, I I didn't even think that I would get here in the first place. So that was already kind of unachievable. I didn't go to school for animation, and um, it, it's my first job in television. I was discovered. Wow. Oh my! On Instagram, I thought it would be at least many many years before I got there and when I was already putting myself out um in the internet sphere I was discovered and hired and uh no one knew that was exactly my dream job it just kind of <laughs> happened but at this point um I I'm pretty much just happy to be on SpongeBob maybe one day I would like a show of my own I never was the person that was like well now that I'm in the company, I have to manage the company. Like if it comes naturally, mm-hmm. it comes naturally. Sometimes even directing positions aren't right for storyboard artists because just because you're good at being a storyboard artist doesn't mean you're good at leading a team of people. So higher mm-hmm. up doesn't always mean better for you. Or because I'm doing I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's that's what's right for me. Uh, who's your favorite character to draw? <gasps> I can you do you have one? Yeah, I I sound kind of boring to say I, I love drawing SpongeBob. Um, I feel like he's just such a easy slate to do fun faces on. I also really like drawing Squidward because you could do a lot with his body because his body is more human like. And um, yes. <laughs> so SpongeBob, I'd say he's more abstract. Like I could draw him looking like a teapot, but Squidward because he looks more like a human being. I could draw him doing the Macarena, and it would translate a lot better. <laughs> I think this is actually a very good segue into our episodes for today um, mm-hmm. because there are some really interesting Squidward dancey movements coming up in the very first episode that we're going to talk about, which is Sandy's rocket. So when SpongeBob goes to Sandy's house, he sees her new science project, a rocket to the moon. And after talking his way onto the expedition, SpongeBob is visited by Patrick in the middle of the night and convinced to go alien-proof Sandy's rocket. Then things get a little upside down. Wow. Howdy, SpongeBob! 
What is it? It's a rocket ship, duh! I'll meet you downstairs and show you around. Wow, what are you gonna do with it? I'm going to the moon, SpongeBob. The moon! What, what I love about this episode, and what I love about SpongeBob in general, and I'm sure Pinky could back us up on this, yep. is that it opens and I'm like, Sandy's rocket, got it. Okay, I think I know what this episode's gonna be about. But then it yeah. goes a completely different place, yes. and it escalates, and then it becomes about SpongeBob and Patrick kidnapping their neighbors in the middle of the night and yep. thinking that they're aliens. And that's the joy of this episode. I think it's a, I think it's a classic example, a great example of how SpongeBob does that. Hoy there, lads. Up a bit late to be playing pirate, aren't you? Wait, don't shoot. Okay, okay, shoot me, but, but don't take me money. We don't want your money, moon man. <laughs> Look at him squirming around in there. Yeah, it, it is important to say that I I am 25. So when this episode came out, do y'all know when this one came out? You were four. Yeah, yeah. I was I was so small. I get this is uh, it sounds funny to say it out loud, but it is important to address because a lot of folks ask me about these old episodes. They're like, what was it like storyboarding on this? And I'm like, I was in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't digital. No. Yeah. Animation cells. Yeah. You can see, wow. uh, important to note, you can see in the episode in certain shots, if you look at like Sandy, for example, you can see a little shadow outside of the lines and that's the animation cell on top of the painted background which by the way we still have the backgrounds hand painted in studio today yeah i love the the, the, the look of it with the cells but i i also just find it right now to be just so incredibly visually stimulating like I just, yeah the crispness yeah. of it pinky rewatching the show that came out when you were four or something uh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember watching this as a kid do you remember yes. watching the early seasons you do yes. so what 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 do you remember from then and what did what was your takeaway rewatching it for this episode well first of all watching any of these episodes uh definitely takes me back to either after school or during the summer when I would be sitting on the floor of the mobile home on my grandpa's ranch watching uh, one of the very few channels we get <laughs> from the signal out there, which is surprisingly Nickelodeon. And uh, this was something that was reran a lot. So I've seen these episodes in particular uh, very often. But something I very clearly remember is I wanted Sandy's net gun so desperately yes. as a child. <laughs> It's Gary! Come here, Gary! Gary! Wait! Don't go near him, Patrick. Can't you see this is all a trick? The aliens are projecting our memories onto the environment. They're trying to confuse us, Patrick. So you mean to say they've taken what we thought we think and make us think we thought our thoughts we've been thinking our thoughts we think we thought? I think? Okay, but I'm not going to fall for it. Yeah! You got him, SpongeBob! Won't Sandy be proud? Sandy, I forgot all about her. I th also think the thing that I liked so much about this episode, and we just talked about Hall Monitor, which um, I find to be kind of similar in structure, where both of them kind of start, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a cute episode. And then mm -hmm. there's like a twist where you're like, okay, this is going to maybe go pretty badly. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it is a complete unmitigated disaster from which they cannot return, and so they don't. I love the <laughs> ending of this episode where they're just all on the moon with no fuel in a rocket. Sandy, I'm back. Wow. Bikini 
bikini bottom sure looks different. Uh-oh. SpongeBob, we aliens would like a word with you. There's no way of getting back, so we're just going <laughs> to not show it. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the important thing about uh, SpongeBob and Patrick's dynamic is that they are both adults, but they act as children. And kind of mm-hmm. like most cartoonists, uh, like me, it's cathartic. Um, <laughs> like yep. breaking into Sandy's ship is definitely something you and your best friend would do at a sleepover as children. How do you think we get inside? We don't. We're just bringing the windows. I opened it, SpongeBob! Come on! Holy sea cow, SpongeBob! This must be the control room. Yeah, just don't touch anything. Look, I'm winning! And we all know it's something that we desperately want to do as an adults, and that's why they, a lot of times, SpongeBob and Patrick, and more specifically Patrick, act as the destruction in any episode. They're yep. the ones who diverge yep. the natural order of events, just because, uh, like at heart, they are children. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! When you were looking at Squidward's animation in this particular episode, were you like, that would have been cool to animate? Like, would that, that would have been cool to draw? <laughs> you know, some of these things... Um, Storyboard. I, I tried to distance myself because with these old episodes, they are classics. And when you look at anything, I think of like, oh, I would have done this differently. Mm-hmm. I try to separate things like this because this is an important uh, inspiration, an important memory in my childhood. And you want to mm. separate that from my professional brain. So when I'm watching this, I'm looking looking at this through the eyes of me when I was like five to 10 years old. <laughs> so I tried my best where there are things I noticed like um, certain jokes that are just like so doggone funny that uh, I just can't, <laughs> I can't imagine like how that was just tossed in and looked over. Like when Sandy says after your little mishap and it pans to uh, a graveyard. Dude, I know. So I know. Funny. The moon. Can I go? No way, SpongeBob, especially after your little mishap with my whirly bird. Besides, there's not enough room for you. But I don't take up that much space. That's something like as a kid, you might just watch and be like, okay. But as an adult, like that is hysterical. The part where um, they break into Squidward's house and that one line in delivery on the land, the the line, look at it, Patrick, it's disgusting. As well as like <laughs> finding the melted ice pack in the bed, thinking it's an egg sack and like checking for embryos yes. and seeing both the SpongeBob hands. So smart. What's that? I think I'm gonna be sick. Patrick, do you know what this thing is? Stinky. No, it's an egg sack. Let's look at the embryo. I think that's what makes a lot of things on the show work is that uh, Patrick is operating on like 0% brain power. It, absolutely <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> innocently, though. He his Something I have mm-hmm. to think about when I am drawing the character. When you're drawing characters, you always have to think about what is this character's motives? What are they thinking? What are they feeling in this moment? Even if someone already wrote out what is happening and is like, SpongeBob mm-hmm. is happy. 
you have to think about like, well, how is Patrick reacting? Like if SpongeBob is flick, flipping a patty, what is Patrick thinking? I have to go in Patrick's mm-hmm. head and there's not a lot in there, <laughs> but I'm thinking he's probably just mesmerized by the flipping motion and not thinking about anything wow. else going on. So you have to think what is going on. And what's so fun about doing anything with Patrick is the answer is always nothing. one of my favorite little patrick reaction moments is when spongebob says is that a present and you see him go no like it's just like a deflation like where his eyes go from like big to like very very kind of small and he just says no but But then then, he ends up giving it to him as a present (laughs) what is it patrick can't you see i'm sleeping here well i know you're going on that moon trip tomorrow and i just wanted to bring you something a present no SpongeBob, is Sandy's rocket alien-proof? There are no aliens, Patrick. Just ask Sandy. Oh, I guess you won't be needing this alien repellent for your trip. Alien repellent? Let me see that. New alien out window protectant. Does not stop burglars. Well, I guess you're right, Patrick. We better go spray those windows. Pinky, you're working on the show currently. The storyboard director for Sandy's Rocket is Sherm Cohen. You have worked with Sherm. You're working on the show now with all these amazing veteran artists. Does that change the way that you look at these older episodes? Have you gone back Mm. and looked at these episodes to study them? Well, Sherm was the person who reached out to me when I was hired. And when I got the email asking if you'd like to work on SpongeBob from Sherm Cohen, I thought it was someone messing with me. Uh, I didn't think it was actually Sherm. And I I just replied to it and I humored him. And then the next second I knew I was talking to Sherm. I was hired not to study uh, original SpongeBob episodes. I was hired Mm -hmm. because they liked the way that I draw and um, mm. there are certain elements of uh, imitation where I have to draw on model and in the style of the show as it currently is. But right. the reason why we hire artists or want artists is because we like the way that they draw and we like something about their expression. And even <sighs> though I draw like SpongeBob, you can still see in my drawings that I also draw like Pinky. So I, I think yeah. everybody has their own thing. And I didn't really try to study the very early episodes in that way. I just took the direction that Sherm wanted, and Sherm was an amazing teacher. And now that I know the way he works, watching old episodes, a lot of things make sense, I would say, where I'm like, oh, I can totally see Mm. that that's where Sherm had input or that was Sherm's drawing. We've heard so many times that like the SpongeBob family is truly a family and like Steven Hillenburg really did kind of um, magically put people together that would allow this project to keep going and moving yeah. forward. And it just kind of sounds like with Sherm and with your story that they are still feeling like that, you know, we're not bringing in like robots. We're yes. not bringing in like people just to do mm-hmm. copy work. We're bringing in artists who have their own opinions and who could potentially, you know, shepherd this project in for many, many more years to come because it certainly doesn't seem like SpongeBob is petering out anytime soon. I would say I felt like more like I was adopted into it because they've known each other for like 20 years and I've been here three. So I would say the relationship (laughs) is different and it does feel different because these are people that I'd look up to and watch when I was very young. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I, I wish I was there in the 90s, <laughs> but yeah. I wasn't. So, <laughs> yeah. But they're, was they're all amazing eating, people. Eating cereal. Yeah. Yeah. (Laughter) 
Well, guys, let's just jump into talking about Squeaky Boots. Squeaky Boots is one of my favorite episodes oh, ever. <laughs> and here's what happens in Squeaky Boots. When he buys the wrong shoes for his daughter Pearl's birthday, first appearance of Pearl, yep. Mr. Krabs decides to trick SpongeBob into trading his paycheck for the boots. But when SpongeBob thinks they're special fry cook boots, he won't ever take them off, annoying his coworkers and pet snail with an infernal squeaking. How will Mr. Krabs get rid of the boots now? Pearl's my daughter. Thanks for the show, Dad. Now can we open the presents? I loved learning about uh, going into the history of this particular segment, learning that it was Steven Hillenberg's like second pitch. Like it was in production order, the second one they did right after the really? pilot, Help Wanted. Yes. So this came from a drawing that Steven Hillenberg did where he's wearing the big, tall, long, skinny, squeaky boots. I love that this is our first appearance of Pearl, yes. which is fantastic. Like what a fun way to like have like a nod wink on like a father-daughter teenage relationship, which of course is just always kind of like made fun of in movies and TVs, but this is a really fun playful way when they go about doing it and then i really like that we finally had like mr krabs as like an a an a plot line so we got to really yeah. kind of like see what mr krabs is truly like in his home as a boss like that whole scene where he was in his bed go trying to close the window probably my favorite part that whole like pink panther episode where it was just him and the window and the creaking <laughs> back to counting me money What the barnacle is that? Huh? Yeah, this episode, it it does haunt me to this day. It has made a lasting impact on my life, the the squeaking. (laughs) I I can understand from Crab's perspective because I feel like we've all been, especially some of us who share walls with other people, we have all had the moment where mm. you're hearing some repetitive noise and the just the sheer comedy of the fact that he gets his legs stuck in a hole and just clear rips off. Just it's yes, it, yes, it's so taken out of proportion. But we've all felt it before, where something's just so annoying that you want to just tear your skin off your own face. Yep. So <laughs> I I can understand his perspective, but I also understand SpongeBob's perspective because those boots do look really fun, and he is having a great time and he's the greatest fry cook in the world because he's wearing those boots. So that's just an awesome day. But He's got so much more range of motion with right. those boots on. You see that? He can tilt all the way to the left, tilt all the way to the right. It's very, very f- fancy, well, I think. In some uh, of those drawings, um, what's funny is if you look at SpongeBob, his legs are like uh, twice as long as they should be. And yes. mm-hmm. that's what makes it so funny is because we don't typically like break model like that. And it's a purposely broken model because it's funnier to see yep. him with that much added height because of the boots. So instead of drawing, uh, redressing the model and having the boots just on the regular SpongeBob model, they extended him. And it just yes. makes it so much more hysterical because it doesn't make sense. And with a lot of things on SpongeBob, uh, it doesn't have to make sense. Uh, that's what makes the show good. It's time for Frankie's Fast. 
today. I'm going to uh, talk about that crabs have an exoskeleton. And therefore, when you like, if you can chip out the exoskeleton in that little bit, it will just regrow from the skeleton that is regrowing <laughs> underneath because they constantly are what? Growing their skeleton. It is very, very soft. Disgusting. Then they molt and then it gets hard. And that's why when you have soft shell crabs, you're actually just grabbing the crab as soon as it's molted and then throwing <gasps> wow. it on your dinner plate. That's what a soft oh. shell crab is. It's not actually a crab that has a soft shell. It is right. just it is just just molted, and before you've given the the keratin a time to harden, you eat it. So it would have been like if we grabbed Mr. Krabs after he broke his legs off in his house, but before he taped them back up because he like taped up his legs. Yes, and just ate the tip of his leg. Got and, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. It makes me real sad. Poor guy. Um, so many great lines in this episode. Uh, I want to share what I think was maybe my favorite line, which is, it's not the boots, it's the booty. Or I, I, I mean, yes. the, the person in the boots. And again, another yes. great joke that I probably didn't get as a kid. <laughs> but, I just love how um, he's essentially gaslighting SpongeBob, but SpongeBob is such a pure and innocent yep. soul that you could... You could tell him that these are prized fry cook boots and it's it's so cute and they are. it's another going back to like thinking inside the character's head just watching him light up as that's <gasps> explained to him. <laughs> it's I so also, cute. I have like deep financial and security fears for SpongeBob all the time <laughs> right. when I'm watching the show. And maybe I'm just projecting, but honestly, like I literally am just like, I'm always like, where's the, but SpongeBob, you need that money. Like, don't give him a year's worth of your salary for those boots. And he's like, I'll give you like four years free work. And I'm like, SpongeBob, how are you going to afford that pineapple house? Frankie is pushing for the Krusty Krab workers to unionize. <laughs> yes, yes that's right. Wages. Yes. It is so stressful and funny because this is the first episode where we actually do see SpongeBob peek his little head in and go, hey, Mr. Krabs, can I have my paycheck? And you're like, it's been eight episodes. It's been how many weeks of this character's life? He had to, you know, within this first eight episodes of season one, he met Sandy, something with a whirly bird happened and a bunch of people died and he still is trying to hang out with Sandy and fly the rocket and everything. So like you think, man, has it months, has months gone by where he's now barely asking for what's happening in SpongeBob's life that he needs to ask for a paycheck? He realized what's going he on, doesn't buddy? have any food in the fridge. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gotta be. It has to be that. He's like, well, just I Gary. have to eat. Yeah. Or he needs to feed Gary. It has to be something yeah, like that. Yeah, because he has everything like... he wants in life. I mean, he has a house. Mm-hmm. He has Gary. And he lives next to his best friends, whether or not Squidward considers him one of his best friends. <laughs> yeah. But he... Uh, he loves his job. Like, he'll do it for free. Yeah. He loves it more than anything. And he doesn't really need much. But I think that the motivation behind him wanting paychecks is probably realizing that things cost money. <laughs> Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's yep. not paying, he, he can't be paying rent because no. his house was already destroyed by nematodes yeah. and then regrew Re-grew. as just a, a pineapple seed does. So it's like, that's a free house. All right, mortgage paid. Yeah. Like you, that house is paid his off. His mortgage so. is paid. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so because I think about it at night before I go I to bed. Honestly, well, I'm like SpongeBob. Are you gonna make it through the winter? I hope so. I, I hope it eases y'all's pain. That uh, number one rule of SpongeBob is don't think about it too much. <laughs> har har har! Funniest moment. If I had to pick one from Squeaky Boots, I think I have to go with when SpongeBob goes, listen to this. And then he goes, can I take your order <laughs> with the boots? Thank you, sir. I will squeak when it's ready. It was so insane and so funny. Can I take your order? Yeah, I have the crusty special. Thank you, sir. 
A perfect summation of how SpongeBob's superpower, just like in Help Wanted, right, Pinky? You were talking about that. Just like how in Help Wanted, he was gaslit by Mr. Krabs. <laughs> uh, go get this uh, super ultimate spatula, whatever. And he comes back with it, and it actually exists. Because you yep. can't do that to SpongeBob. You can't trick him. So they are the best fry cook boots ever. I thought that part was so funny. And uh, just a really great little bit of sound design, too. It was really great. Like, well animated, but that sound really, really sold it. <laughs> yeah, and some of those poses with SpongeBob in the boots, it, that's something I did actually go out of the child brain and go to the professional brain for because it's it it was something that he goes through so many exaggerated poses in such a short amount of time and that is a lot of the fun things in my job where you work really hard and you do all these crazy cool poses and they flash on screen for about three seconds and you could spend hours doing that so (laughs) in that moment i'm like i i'm appreciating this i know i knew how long this took and i know how quickly it flashes on screen it's all worth it the hours you put in are worth it because that definitely sells those moments a lot better but you you look at from you know spongebob just walking in here and there and talking that's the easiest stuff to draw and the hardest stuff that you really put your soul into really flashes on screen for a second. <laughs> so now like we're in the, the world of social media. So like the, the, the three second frame is now like exactly the perfect thing to share forever and ever and ever. Pinky, this has been a real blast getting to talk to you and uh, and getting to um, to hear your story and getting your take on these episodes. I mean, I think we can all agree they're they're flawless episodes. They're Absolutely. so dang good. They're so yeah. good. And uh, I love the thing that you said, Pinky, about you just watch them as a kid. You you know you have to and 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 that working on the show today as an adult has it has made you appreciate it even more. Yes, which I think has happened with Frankie and I just talking to you guys working on the show just talking with each other about the show as an adult it has made me love it even more um pinky i can't wait to see more of the episodes that you're working on come out i'm very excited about the future stuff that's coming down can you let people know where they can follow you online and maybe support some of your work and check out your stuff i'm pinky tunes on all social media uh that's where all of my art stuff is and um if you want to see the show, you just watch Nickelodeon or get your Paramount <laughs> Plus subscription. I, I work on Patrick Star Show, Camp Coral, and SpongeBob. Yes. I've worked on all three. April Pinky Davis, and that's Pinky Tunes, P-I-N-K-I-E. I-E. Yeah. I-E Tunes. Go check that stuff out. Uh, thank you again, April. Thank you so much. This was a blast. You're the coolest. Well, thanks, y'all. 